Welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Tim, here with Mike and Matt, and today we're going to be discussing the 2016 redraft. We're going to go over the player grades of these guys and go back so we can inform ourselves for this upcoming draft. We also got the latest news, Odell Beckham, Aaron Rodgers, what's going on with these guys. But before we get started, we want to say download, please, please download the free for a limited time, Fantasy Football by Brodo app. On the app, you get fantasy player cards, the fantasy grip player grades that we're about to talk about, usage tools, a start-sit tool, and a who-to-draft tool, and all the tools you need. Uh, podcast, this one, consistency charts, game logs, coaching tendencies, articles, rankings, waivers, and every single advance that you need, including true throw value, true target value, true performance value, adjusted air yards, and true matchup rankings, which is exclusive to Brodo, baby. And right now, the player comps. The most important important tool of today is live, and everyone is there. The tight ends have finally made it to the running backs and wide receivers. Everything you need to know about your future dynasty assets in the five-player comp. Tim, you just turned mad New York. The most important. Well, the most important thing we can do is before Michael. Michael just loves ruining intros. Just loves ruining them. Just loves, just loves it. Michael, shut up. I'm the most. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Brodo Fantasy Football Podcast presented by BrodoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, the only tool you need to dominate fantasy football. Yeah, that's right, Michael. Don't forget who's in the host chair, baby. Took with the with the clicks. All right. Ruining my you. intro. I was damn you. My wife always tells me that she I have the most Queens accent of anyone she's ever met, and she grew up in Queens. So yeah. I don't know why that's surprising yeah. to you. Yeah. My wife, the person yeah. who lives with growing me. up, growing up in Bayside is different than growing up in like a Bayside. Story. Let's be real. That's true. Different types of Queens. Yes. There's different types of queens there, uh, but still, anyway. People from Queens are listening. You know what we're talking about. Guys, I'm excited to get into today. I'm excited to get into today, but before I get into today, I also want to say, what's good, Matt? Matt, we haven't even heard from you what yet. Up, what's what going up? On, what it, oh, the, man, the, I'm feeling the whole good. Team's I'm here. so happy to be back. Yeah, I mean, it's been a while. I've been holding it down on my own and with some incredible guests on the Dynasty Dawn, but it's so fun to be back on this one. I can't wait to get into it, and it's just incredible chopping it up with you guys. Before we get started... Uh, I also want to give a little uh, plug to what's coming up. We talked about the player comps and how they're finally complete. Um, Santiago Casanova has this system, all right? He's a math magician, and he puts everything you need to make player comps into this tool, and you get five different player comps with different um, levels of confidence of how they compare to that player. So you're not just going to get like, oh, this person – I, in the last one, we talked about Kevin White and people talking about Kevin White. His most comparable is Andre Johnson and Hakeem Nix. Like, oh, I wonder why they're the same size. That's it. That's the only similarity that they have. So, like, uh, Santiago Casanova, the man, the myth, the math and magician, he, uh, he puts everything that we know that you need to predict the outcomes of these players puts it into a formula, and makes these comps. And he's going to be on to talk about that even more with Matt on Monday for the Dynasty Don um, version of the podcast. All right, so a little bit of a preview there. Uh, Cass, you got to ask Cass about what's been going on in his life. Yeah, because he's been living a crazy no life uh, the last craziest. few months. And uh, he's doing the right. He's a he's, thespian. He's living life correctly. I'll say that. And, and through that, he also... Uh, he also is the the man behind the uh, Brodo algorithms. Uh, so, um, yeah, the fam, the Brodo fam cast is going to be on. Uh, Word up. Yeah, so everyone knows. Everyone knows. If you're listening right now, you know cast. All right, so two big pieces of story, uh, pieces of stories, uh, pieces of news uh, that I just want to touch on today. Um, the first one is Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham starts, I mean, uh, signs with the Ravens. And when they say that the cap is fake, Deals like this are what they mean. They just signed into a one-year deal that was a five-year deal that they voided in order to make the signing bonus stretch out over the course of five years. So instead of getting a cap hit of $18 million this year, he has a cap hit of just over $3 well, million. $13 million was the signing bonus. He could earn $5 million more in incentives. He could earn up to $8 million um, annually. Yes. Is, yes. 
So, well, yeah. you know what I'm saying, though. Here, here. I can't well, believe yes. it's it's not that the cap is fake. It's that it's the fake. guys writing these be contracts are legitimately lawyers. Like they are yeah. contract lawyers, and they are the best contract lawyers not in America on planet Earth. You uh, you emphasize the the con and contract. I thought you were going to say they're cons, and I was like, they're well, kind that, of that's, I mean, I think that was a, a Freudian slip almost there. Because all right, so true, yeah. all right, listen, let's save it for the conspiracy podcast. All right, but what? Let's talk about a fantasy <laughs> <His> favorite. <laughs> that yeah, you're right. Uh, me and Matt should do a conspiracy. I bet you Matt and I could talk conspiracies for like I have so many conspiracy straight football, hours. football conspiracies. Uh, oh specifically. yeah, oh yeah, you guys uh, are wild. We need to do this one of these wild days. animals that involve the saints. Specifically. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, Odell to the Ravens, a little bit of a surprising move. Uh, there was reports that said he called the Jets after the Ravens offered him. This is like, yo, I got to take this. If you can match it, I'll sign with, I'll sign with you. And they, they t- declined that. Yeah, so. OK, so Michael, not letting his feelings be uh, <laughs> held back in any way. How you uh, how you feeling? I mean, about OBJ, this? look, we all know he was a star emphasis on was. He's since dealt with two major, major injuries. He's old now in terms of the wide receiver curve. Like, what are you doing giving him this much money on a one-year deal? It's desperation. It's a desperation contract. Like, I hope Lamar Jackson can stay with us. Because why else would you pay OBJ that much money? And they just don't trust their their front office to draft wide receivers because they haven't had an actual wide receiver in years. I, just I mean, Hollywood Brown. it just smells desperation all over. The- yeah. And then they trade Hollywood Brown. I mean, he demanded a trade wild to to hit a gold mine like that late in the second and then just be like, bye bye. <laughs> yeah. Stupid. So dumb. But, you know, things. And yeah, su- I mean, it, I mean uh, so you I think the most important thing about this OBJ news is that. You saw on Instagram him and Lamar Jackson kind of being like, oh, it's coming it's it's going down soon so maybe this is good news that maybe this is this is the good faith move that the ravens needed to show lamar jackson maybe this is it maybe this is like hey look you know sign this franchise tag get your guaranteed money this year take another year if you if you're if you stay healthy then then we'll give you the money and here's a guy to to help you do that so maybe She's this like- is maybe this is the good faith move that Lamar and the Ravens needed to reconnect. But it's like, yo, oh, sorry, Lamar Jackson. We don't want to pay you as much as we can. You know what? Let's throw way too much money at a wide receiver now. Ah, it's business, bro. It, it, but it's extra money that they're spending when they also, don't want to spend extra money on Lamar. They're spending $4 million like dollars on this year. It, it is like a one, it, it is a one year deal with like nothing future guaranteed after that. They'll obviously have a, some. <clears throat> Dead cap hits with his um, signing bonuses extended, but it's economics. Like you're talking about three years, 33 for Jacoby when you don't know what your cap situation is to be able to extend Lamar in the first place. And three years, 33 for Juju. Like those are the top paid wide receivers coming off the market. So you're getting a guy that obviously isn't in the same tier of talent, I think is either one of those guys. And obviously, you know, we can debate about Jacoby and, and Juju as well, but, no, Lamar or um, OBJ rather isn't in that healthy, peaking 25, 26 year old wide receiver position, but he is a wide receiver on the market that can accept a deal that allows them to open up the cap for future years for Lamar. True. And, you know, it, it's, and it's not Matt, like there's a great wide receiver market. I was going to say, Matt, is there any yeah. like I know Michael, you know, Michael is is with his. uh you know, Michael's out coming out swinging. We're starting a little late today behind the scenes. And you could tell Michael's a little annoyed. So he's coming I mean, out swinging today. It's we, you know, you want you want the behind the scenes. Classic me and Tim. me and yeah, me and Matt said classic Tim when he was about a half hour late to our quiet time. Hey, I always want to say this. I didn't just show up a half an hour late. I was in we were having audio. With you guys. But the audio issues has a lot to do with, you know, just classic Tim. It's always I mean, you. Yo, the, I mean, the audio issues sometimes are you, though. And I'm just playing with you, Tim. I'm just playing with you. All right. So I'm actually last. just like, yo, you see, I'm like red. Yeah, I know. You got playing tan playing basketball ball. the last two days. I played for like Hooping. three hours today and I got home and I was like, oh, my God, I'm dead. It was like, almost was... 90 degrees in New York City today. Yes, it was. I love it. It was. Get fan- it was I was glorious. outdoors all day. I took the kids to the park. It was, it was very nice. Uh, all right. So let's let's put a little sunshine on this, though. Matt, is there any upside to this move? On a cloudy day. Uh, I mean, 
Yeah. <laughs> as long as Lamar comes back, if it leads to Lamar playing for them in 2023, then mission accomplished. That that's really the you know that's it. Let me. Ask, we like, already talked about that. Let me let me rephrase the question. Do you think that OBJ? What kind of success do you think OBJ can have? Segwaying myself into it. My bad, my bad. <laughs> as far as as far as his production is concerned, and, and specifically his value on your fantasy rosters, like maybe some flex weeks, you're probably going to see some boom as well when the, the touchdowns do come. But I don't think that. OBJ is going to step into a 25%, 20% target share. I think he's going to linger around 15 to 17. He's an, even as he did with his, you know, positive weeks of production with the Rams, but a lot of those positive weeks were tied to touchdowns and, and unpredictable as that production may be. The Ravens don't even know who the quarterback is. So we can't really pre predict how many touchdowns or how good or well that offense will function. Um, it's very minimal. I, I think you're talking flex level, and he might at his best, you know, have a hundred yard, two touchdown game type of explosion. But it, it's it is still a 32 year old wide receiver coming in off of two ACL injuries and that hasn't played football yeah, really consecutively for five seasons. I feel like so. I feel like at this point, you know, the OBJ is just going to keep as you know, once he starts throwing a Lamar Jackson and videos go up and it's like, they're going to be lethal this season. People are going to start bumping OBJ up until into like their top 24 wide receivers. And it's going to be absurd. And it's, he's going to be an easy pass on draft day. That's why you listen to Brodo uh, there. I mean, in a world where OBJ becomes an elite guy again, um, that, that I, th I feel like that an unlikely light, world light the world on fire. Like that an unlikely be, world, a very think. unlikely world. All right. Uh, yeah, I feel like that same world has Rashad Bateman dominating and getting 1,400 yards and 20 touchdowns. Like it's a market share thing. If OBJ is putting up a thousand, it means Lamar's MVP again. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah, it's just the offense, right? New offensive, coordinator, new offensive coordinator this year. So there, that should be noted. Not no more Greg Roman offense. So Fine. man, man, but like. The Greg Roman hate pisses me off because when Lamar won MVP, everyone was like, Greg Roman is a fucking genius. <laughs> everyone should go and get yeah. Greg Roman. And then it's like two years later when it's not working as well. Get rid of Greg Roman. Everyone I, just like forgets these things that they're just so. I do. I, I mean, you have I to blame someone. I, but I also don't. It, I, I don't think that's revisionist history necessarily. Like, I think it, it worked, but then you don't make adjustments for two full seasons. And it's like, okay, fair enough. Right, but sorry. you do have to, you do have to run a certain offense with Lamar Jackson and it, that's their, true too. And their, and their pass catching weapons were an absolute joke last season. Let's be real. Yeah. There's the no, before. there's no guarantee that Lamar Jackson ever touches what he like the way Greg Roman schemed that entire offense that year. There's a, there's a chance that Lamar Jackson doesn't touch that again. If he goes into a, a more traditional, either run first quarterback offense or a pass first quarterback offense. We haven't seen him do it yet. We'll see. No, we still got to see him do it. Um, all right. So let's get into the second piece of news that I want to talk about. All right. The Aaron Rodgers saga has dragged along. And there was a report today that said what's holding things up is that the Packers won a second round pick this year. One of two that the Jets have after moving Elijah Moore. And a first round pick next year. The Jets are like, eh, 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 hold on. We want to give you a conditional pick. Uh, based on whether Aaron Rodgers plays or not. Michael, let me ask you this question. Are you getting nervous as a Jets fan? Are you starting My, to feel... Look at all this Jets. If you could put the... Paraphernalia in the back. I didn't even realize there was so much Jets shit back here. Yeah. Hashtag go Jets. Look, if you could uh, rate me on a scale of nervousness from 0 to 10, where 0 is not nervous at all and 10 is very nervous, I'm at a whopping 0. I have absolutely. I oh, think no, that makes me nervous. Bro, that Michael's so no, confident. It makes this me nervous. This is all just oh, no. everyone because it's April and everyone wants a story so bad. Aaron Rodgers is clearly the main attraction and story. Just keep getting me. You know, Craig Carton and his dumbass self decides he's going to make up a rumor <laughs> that the 49ers are going to go after Aaron Rodgers. Like, come on, bro. Aaron Rodgers, the best player in Green Bay Packers history. Won them a Super Bowl, says, you know, my time is up. You, you, you're the ones who drafted the quarterback three years ago instead of an impact player. Says, you know, what? I want to go play for the Jets. That franchise is going to just shit on him and say, no, that's not happening. Zero percent chance. Aaron Rodgers is a Jet. 
Joe Douglas three days ago said, yes, Aaron Rodgers is coming to the Jets. Here's like, here's, they, like, and the, it's just, it's just so silly to me. And people think he's not going to end up as a Jet. Who cares what the Jets give him? It's not going to be a first round pick because the Packers have no leverage here. Aaron Rodgers said he's going to be a Jet. Give him a second round pick, give him a third round pick, whatever. He's going to be a Jet. Period. Two seconds. It's going to cost two, at least two, but yeah. You think two seconds? You mean one, one this year, one next year? I think both of them this year could get it done. And why, why wouldn't you do that? What are you drafting in the second? Like you got Brees Hall, you have Garrett Wilson. The offensive talent that's has a, fallen apart. Obviously, Brees Hall, was, Brees Hall was a second round pick. No, that's what yeah, I mean. Man, but like, that, that's kind of my point is you already, you already used those picks, moved up. You got the leverage back with Elijah Moore, which is incredible that they got that much back for him. I think that's awesome that they were smart enough to hold on so that his in-season issues didn't reduce that leverage to where they literally got back what they invested in a player that didn't want to be there at all. Yeah, um, that's pretty incredible. And, you know, and, and obviously a high pick because Cleveland wasn't very good. And yeah, like I do think that that's that could potentially, you know, be the pushing factor in what actually is the final deal on paper with maybe some other compensation attached minimal um, at that. But yeah, the two seconds this year for the Jets, I think with their defense as solidified as it is and the offensive talent kind of being pushed into two tiers. And that is the top end tier of obviously the guys that are going to go in the first round and then that tier of everybody's equal. So you just start seeing a huge run of running backs, tight ends and wide receivers in the third. I, 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 I get where you're coming from. I I wouldn't give up two seconds this year if I was the Jets. I don't just think because happen. Yeah, just because I that first round pick needs to be an offensive line. Min the, the Jets' offensive line is not in, where it needs to be right now. They don't even have a starting center. Yeah, that's, you keep the first too. You you gotta get the first, and then so then you have your two seconds. That's those are premier picks. Those are top fifty picks, right? Those are those are early picks. So when well, you're that, talk- I mean, considering the Packers want an unprotected first, I think that's probably the deal that's going to you're going to end up seeing on paper. But people. So there's a lot of debate going on. Who has the leverage? Is it the Packers or is it the Jets? If let's say this thing drags out and they can't come to an agreement, what are the Packers options? The Packers options are. You can either start Aaron Rodgers, which I feel like is just not even an option at this point. Right. Then you can or you can. Just bench him and just have him in purgatory. You're going to hold hostage the best player in the history of your franchise with a $50 million cap hit almost. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So the third option there is you're going to release him. And if you release him, you got to eat that cap hit, and he's just going to sign with the Jets anyway. So I I feel like the, the leverage here is just not in the Jets. It's just, I mean, it's not in the Packers' favor. So I just I don't see I Correct. I think it's gonna be a second this year and a conditional second next year. That's what I, I don't I don't like to speak in absolutes, but there's a ninety nine percent chance Aaron Rodgers is gonna be a jet. I really right. don't think it's even a question. No, I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm just saying I think the compensation on papers is going to be somewhere in that middle range where it's it's unprotected lev- value that they can accrue even that right I think now. Is, even that I think is too much, but. That I'll see. I'm not. I'm not as confident in the compensation part of it, but we'll see. Fun fact: every single New York team has made the playoffs, except the Jets, in their current season or their past, their season that just passed. Every New York team made the playoffs except the Jets, who have not been to the playoffs okay. in 12 years. So I want to throw that out there. All right. All right, uh, let's get into our main event today. Now, we got the draft guru here, and and he's been talking about the prospects. There he is right there. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's been talking about the prospects for you on the Dynasty Don. If you haven't been checking out the Dynasty Don, which uh, that's that would be, the, what are you doing? Uh, go check goose. out the Dynasty Don. Um, that's where you're going to get everything you need for your Dynasty knowledge. We had He had, uh, the last episode was uh, a really good one where you went through your top, basically your first round uh guys so top 12 guys and that was a very educational uh even even for me this guy's he's he's the guy he's the guy we got him right here right there i don't know if it's on the same spot in yours but right there that's where it is for me so So listen so listen to that but today we have to go back and see what worked out what didn't because the only way to know what's happening in the future is to know what happened in the past follow the trends learn the past informs the future informs doesn't predict, but informs. So let's inform ourselves today. And last episode, we did a 
draft review of the 2016 drafts, and we did it with player grades. Now, uh, what are player grades? It is a Brodo exclusive stat. Yes, exclusive metric that assigns a letter grade based on a player's overall fantasy output and how it's stacked up against others in his position. Um, it takes into account a whole bunch of things, including where what the player was expected to do, ADP. Um, there, It's also a little predictive, right? So if a player has done things three times in a row, three years in a row, uh, he's more likely to continue that streak uh, than others. Little things like that. We don't want to give away the, the sauce too much. Uh, but all players with five-plus games played in a year and with at least six-plus points per game in a given season uh, are graded. Now, if you got under six, you're not even an F. You're, you're, we don't have time for people who have under six points per game. They're not fantasy usable. So I went back. I went back into the 2016 draft. Now, remember, we did the fifth, I did the 15 draft last time, and we went into the 2016 draft, and we looked at just the players who were fantasy viable players. So no defensive players, no offensive linemen, um, just the quarterbacks, wide receivers, tight ends, running backs. That's it uh, in each of these drafts. So what we did was we only we, I looked at the first round, and in the first round, um, we get everyone who might be, and then we extended the second round for running backs because we know that the running backs, the second round for running backs is usually, uh, you know, that's where their first round is at. All right, so now that I've said the rules, let's get into this draft review. Are you fellas ready? Oh, yeah. All we right, so after trading the farm to get up to this pick, uh, round one pick run one, Jared Goff, uh, chosen by the Los Angeles Rams, uh, obviously, you know, Jared Goff's career, his career fantasy average is a C minus. It's a 66.3 in six eligible seasons. He did have an A minus season in 2018, but also had an F season uh, in 2021. Uh, look, first overall pick, he was kind of like the golden boy. They they traded up for him. He had a rough rookie season uh, under Jeff Fisher, Fisher. But when Sean McVay came, it looked like superstardom was in the process uh, for him, he had an A grade, A fantasy grade. Then grade, it looked like it was ascension. They signed him to a hundred million dollar deal, but then it kind of fell off a cliff. Um, in 2018, uh, his fantasy, I'm sorry, 2019, his fantasy grade was a C. In 2020, it was a D minus. He got traded to the to the Lions. His first year with the Lions was an absolute disaster. And I mean, he really did a good job bouncing back last year. QB 12. No one had them had him. Uh, predicted in his in their top 12 last year so Jared Goff I, his career arc is is kind of unique because he went from a guy who was who was so highly touted that and had these games like the the game against um against Patrick Mahomes had these incredible games where I think he became a little overrated like very overrated where people were starting to put him in the top you know, five conversation. I remember when I was on another podcast, uh, one of the podcast hosts was insisting that he was in the top five. And we were having a back and forth about it. And so people were putting him in that top five category. I don't think he was never ever there. Right. But at the same time, people were then putting him in the bottom five category coming into this season after a really rough year with the, with the lions the year before. And I don't think he was in that category either. And this year, yes, he had, I Ross St. Brown, um, but I'm Ross St. Brown was a fifth round pick. So not like, uh, you know, not like some, one of these, crazy athletes that comes out of, out of college, a fifth round pick, obviously a good player, but he had DJ Chark, who was always injured on the outside, a uh, Deandre Swift, who was always injured. Um, he was not surrounded. TJ Hawkinson was traded mid season. He was not surrounded by a great supporting cast. And that was one of the best offenses in the league all year. And a lot of that had to do with Jared Goff. So um, obviously still going into the season with the lions as a starter uh, round one, pick one for the Rams. Uh, Jared Goff, Michael, how are you feeling about uh, this this first overall pick in this draft? I mean, you spoke a lot about Jared Goff, Tim, so I'm not sure there's much to add here. But I will say that you were going Goff, off on Goff. Yeah, I will say that Jared Goff, like if you're a Rams fan, he was. I don't know if you'd consider him a bust. I mean, he did lead them to you know to the promise, almost to the promised land, and Let he had some. Yeah, he had some several good seasons with them. Obviously, they didn't work out as planned. Like when you draft a guy first overall, you want him to be the franchise quarterback for 10 years. Um, but I don't think, uh, I don't know. If I was a Rams fan, I wouldn't be 
completely pissed off about Jared Goff um, and how that ended up going. But and for fantasy, you know, he's been up and down, but I think a C minus grade is a little a little unfair. I think it's weighing his uh his bad seasons too heavily. He's had some decent seasons, and he's never been really like a a piece of garbage that you can't even use in like two quarterback leagues. He's finishes one a, year. He's yeah. finishes a QB one three times in in six yeah. start. He was a starter for six seasons. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's fair. I think that's, I mean, that's I wanna, better than C. I do want to say something about you know like cost acquisition as far as real life NFL draft capital. And, and it does kind of, these theories do bleed a little bit over into dynasty drafts, of course. But when it comes to Jared Goff and kind of super flex value, like when you're looking at rookies like that, you got Jared Goff, you know, was certainly the best quarterback in this class, in my opinion, um, at least as far as the first round picks go. Now, obviously there's a later hit here that we'll talk about soon, yeah. but you know, it, that position is considered so irreplaceable. And that's also why you see it as like the highest amount of busts are in the first round. Well, that's because there's only one or two quarterbacks selected in the fourth. So for the amount of capital that they put in and, and trading up for this pick, like obviously all of that in hindsight, not the best, but Jared Goff at 1-1 in this class when considered the cost value of every other pick, I don't think it's actually that terrible. It's hard to get franchise quarterbacks, man. <laughs> Real hard. Yeah, it is. There's only like 10 to 15 at a time. 15 is like, if you really want to squeeze, like if you want to include but... like, like a Kirk Cousins, it's like a franchise, right, type that's of guy, what I, which is yeah. just like, is pushing it. It's really only mm-hmm. exactly. 10 to 15 of these guys that you actually like could trust, maybe even less. That's what it... And and at one point in time, he was absolutely a franchise quarterback. I mean, he did have two seasons of over 4,000 passing yards, 32 touchdowns. The one season led them to a Super Bowl. So you would consider that a franchise quarterback. And leading to a Super Bowl on a rookie contract, obviously, is you have to consider that a hit from an yeah. NFL. I mean, that's the plan. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's that's the end from an NFL value perspective. You have to consider that a hit. You did exactly what you were supposed to do with that pick in a four year window. Extending him was probably not a great idea. (laughs) I mean, technically, he he was the reason that they won a Super Bowl at the quarterback position. So technically, true as well. Technically, he did his job. Like from the quarterback position. No, but like that's from every like honestly, from a business standpoint, that pick worked out. 100%. There's no way you could deny it. Led them to a Super Bowl and then returned a Super Bowl in, in return value on the market. I mean, that's how you do it right there. Um, how you Shut don't do it, off. how you don't do it is with the next pick. Um, also, a, a Hall traded up to w- by the Philadelphia Eagles in the first year of Doug Peterson to get Carson Wentz, a quarterback whose career average fantasy grade is a D minus, 55.9 in seven eligible seasons. He started right away. His that's highest fair. single season fantasy grade was an A in the in the fateful 2017 season and his lowest single season fantasy grade was last season actually uh an f with the commanders so i mean this is another guy looked like he was going to be a superstar early got a fantasy grade of a uh looked like he was going to be an mvp season and then he dove into the end zone in week 13 and towards acl and he was kind of never the same again if you remember the the vintage against jared goff i'm pretty sure it was against the rams <laughs> I mean, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I wouldn't I'm be surprised. Almost positive. How ironic. Let's run with it. Uh, so, uh, look, he he his whole his whole persona, his whole the whole what he was was a giant athletic freak, and that's what made him so good in those thirteen games, uh, because he would get out of these ridiculous situations. Um, he would just not get sacked. Now he took a lot of sacks, but he would find ways out of it, make make crazy superstar plays, and that really carried him. Um but then, you know, after towards ACL, he was never he's never really a pocket passer guy. He was a a throwing guy in, in 2009, I'm sorry, a throwing on the run type of guy. In 2019 fell off completely. 16 TDs, 15 uh INTs in 12 games, got traded, Colts Commanders. Uh he's not even on a team right now. Uh Matt, why don't you start us off here? It, for me, Carson Wentz is a sad story. It's a cautionary tale of what can happen when one of your greatest assets is taken away from you as an athlete. Uh, how do you look back at Carson Wentz's career uh, from this draft? Yeah, and I mean, just, just to not correct myself, but give myself a pat on the back, it was against the Rams in week 14 that he tore that ACL, which is incredibly The ironic. encyclopedia. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, Carson Wentz, obviously to go, go back to a little bit of that Jared Goff philosophy is th- this is the cost also that it takes to pay up and attempt yeah. to get a franchise quarterback on that rookie contract. And that's also why you see teams continuously make the mistake and team and so many guys become first round busts because teams are willing to pay up for this. It's, a, it's also viewed that like, you know, it's, it's undeniably the most important position, but you can find above replacement level players at every other position later on in the draft. You can't do that with quarterbacks, at least historically, they don't, until you start seeing the NFL draft differently, that will never be the case either. You're not going to find a bunch of Dak Prescott's. You're, you're never going to, there's, you know, only so many Steve Young's and with that said, I think Carson Wentz in the first place was a bad pick coming from a small school. He would have been the first round quarterback, the first ever quarterback selected from San Diego state um, or North Dakota state rather. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, yeah, the first ever first round quarterback selected from that school played incredibly weak competition the entire time that he was there athletically. Again, like Tim said, he kind of had some of those freaky unicorn traits that you like, but when you're also dealing with an asset like that, it's not, it doesn't have the same security that a guy like a, you know, we could even say Jared Goff because of the pure passing. Um, so Carson Wentz being a toolsy quarterback that you needed to develop that relied so heavily on his athleticism to be successful, I think is going to always be a really risky pick. It's always going to be a risky pick. And now that you're seeing the way that the contract situation is playing out with Lamar Jackson, the talk with Anthony Richardson's situ- situation, whether he's actually worth top 10 draft capital, a lot of teams think he is, a lot of teams think he isn't as far as talking heads are concerned. You know, it, it really is starting to bring into that question. If you can't develop a quarterback quickly on that five-year window, or if, God forbid, injury were to happen, then are they really worth trading the farm for? I gotta say, Anthony Richardson. For me, I know I, I, we I haven't had a, a lot of a lot of time to talk about these rookies. Anthony Richardson is a stay as far away from me as you can type deal. If I'm a GM or if I'm a fantasy, if I'm a dynasty, like I, I'm not, I'm not buying into all this. Like, look, he he never put a single dominant game on tape in college. Never. He has he has individual plays. He doesn't have any dominant games in college. You're gonna spend the number four overall pick on that guy? No, no, that's not or gonna higher happen. even. Uh, just so you guys know, uh, the we, we keep talking about the haul that the Eagles gave up the Browns uh, that were originally in that second pick. The Eagles uh, got the Browns' first round pick uh, back in 2026 and a fourth round pick in 20 in 2007 in exchange for the number eight pick, which is the Eagles' pick, the third the, uh, the number 77 pick in the third round, fourth round number 100 pick. So. So they got in exchange two additional top 100 picks and a first round pick in 2017 and a second round pick in 2018. You know, they were the, they were the Browns. So it didn't matter. But with that being said, that, that, that franchise did turn themselves around on the strength of on partially on the strength of that, of that trade. All right, let's get started. Talking about turning a franchise around the fourth pick overall on this one. You know, you know, like I said, I love to go back and watch old drafts. This one was controversial at the time. Everyone, they, everyone thought that the Cowboys were going to take Jalen Ramsey. They were staring Jalen Ramsey down the, the barrel. Then they uh, went left and took Ezekiel Elliott uh, from Ohio State. And all he's done in his seven eligible seasons with the Cowboys is have a B-plus fantasy rating. That is honestly too low uh, because last year he did not do himself any favors. Uh, his highest single-season fantasy grade was an A-plus in 2018, a 99.2 overall and yo when you're when you're known as one name zeke you know as one name you know you're you're one of the great ones all right jordan lebron brady zeke all right that's how that's how much of a great one he was for fantasy um three straight a plus seasons and one i'm sorry three a plus seasons and one a in his first four seasons uh he averaged an insane 125 all-purpose yards per game and 12 touchdowns per season during that run. He was the clear number one. The, he was the clear first, he was a clear first round pick every single one of those years and always paid off every single year. Now he did slow down a little bit, uh, but 
I mean, this is a guy who also averaged 3.5 catches per game during that time. He had 77 catches in 2018. The definition of a dual threat. Now, Tony Pollard came through and uh, kind of showed that he was the the best of the best. Um, in any full uh, in any full season that Zeke has been graded, he has never finished below an A until last year when he was a D. He's currently a free agent, but he'll no doubt find a home. Michael, we're going to start with you because you're zero running back. Come on, man. Zeke. Zeke. Yeah, look, I mean, we could debate the uh, the benefits or lack thereof of drafting a running back fourth overall for hours if we wanted to. I'm not going to get into that with you right now, Tim. But the Cowboys did it, and you can't really ask for a better turnout if you are going to make that decision. Um, like you said, Zeke was an absolute monster for his first four years in the league. He absolutely run into the ground. Like, we know why he isn't that good anymore. It's because the Cowboys said, Zeke, just take the ball as often as you can. And Zeke said, okay. Let um, the league in touches in 2018 as well. Yeah. I mean, he he was absolutely tremendous for the Cowboys throughout his entire tenure. Even last season when he wasn't really full Zeke, he was still finding the end zone a ton as like a brute force type of guy um, while Tony Pollard was doing most of the, you know, most of the midfield work. But look, Zeke, and I'm not going to say it was a great pick in real life because it was a fourth overall pick, but for fantasy, obviously he was a, a superstar for years and certainly worth um, every penny. And if you are going to take a running back top five overall, you better hope it's a guy who ends up playing at the level Zeke played. Probably a Hall of Famer. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if we're sure. being honest, Zeke is honestly probably a Hall of Famer. Yeah, for the running back position, like you don't need to be a star for ten years. And and that that gets my dynasty mind churning. Like Ezekiel Elliott was as generational of a collegiate prospect as you could possibly ask for. He's the greatest pure runner that I've ever personally seen. Like in my thirty years of of watching college football, or I mean, I guess not that long. That's how old I am, but call it twenty years. <laughs> You know, one of the greatest pure runners I've ever seen on a college football field. He was an absolute stud. He checked all of the boxes. And from a dynasty perspective, like, what what more do you want? Like, you literally had an NFL team tell you with top five draft capital, like, look, this is the best possible asset that we can give you as a dynasty manager in the window that you expect running backs to produce in, and that's within their first four seasons. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, obviously, in my opinion, a phenomenal asset for cost acquisition as far as fantasy is concerned football acquisition and the obviously the extension that quite literally will like like in 25 years there's going to be an espn 30 for 30 about how ezekiel Elliott broke a running back market that still has yet to reach that level of money plus inflation like yeah yeah he was uh he would get 90 million right yeah it'll never happen again it will never happen again jerry jones loves the guy Jerry Jones loves yeah. the guy. I mean, good uh, for him getting his bag, but he ruined running backs even be able to get paid close to that money. You know, now that we're talking a little shit about running backs, I do I do want to have some a little propaganda as well. Uh, we're doing 2015-2016. So far, I will say this. The only thing that you can count on is that early picked running backs are going to hit. Like, that's really, like, so far, yeah. every Tim single man. running back has hit. If you drafted all the running backs from 2015 and 2016 and completely passed on quarterback, and wide receiver and tight end, you have a Tim, dynasty. You're killing me, bro. You have five straight championships in dynasty. I'm just, am I lying? Am I lying? Tell me if I'm I mean, lying. There's a reason why the number one running back goes like first or second overall in every fucking dynasty draft. And there's a reason why they get drafted highly in the NFLs because that, yeah, they're very good. But stop acting like wide receivers are less important or like. Oh, you just pissed me off. They well, have a longer yeah. shelf life. You know, you know what's really? Uh, I think Mike makes a great point because if, like, if there was an Ezekiel Elliott playing wide receiver, if Megatron yeah, goes, Jamar fifth, Chase. I'm taking Megatron over exactly. Like, it's just depending. It's it's all cost equivalency to who is in this draft yeah. class. There isn't like, give enough, me, like I, I'm just saying the enough, you know the highest percentage hit rate is early drafted running backs. Am I wrong? Yeah, I mean, they, they, it, it, they usually work out pretty good. <laughs> they work out really well. So far, so good. Uh, and and yeah. let's talk about these wide receivers because sometimes it's Jamar Chase, and but sometimes you go on a run like this. These, these trash bags. Ready? 
Corey Coleman in the 15th pick. Will Fuller, Laquan Treadwell. I'm sorry, Josh Doxson, Laquan Treadwell. All right, let's go. Let's go in, in order, real quick. Yeah, we I know. We don't even have to. Yeah, just touch. We don't need to talk about guys. it. What is it? Is it F F F F F? The F. Will Fuller. Except Will Fuller, man. I don't know what happened to that guy. Will Fuller had an A year, and yo, was he kidnapped? I'm not joking. He's a he's the ghost of Christmas past, bro. It's so he got he got hit for the PED suspension. Yeah, he missed the last four games, and then he missed the first game of the next season. He had like. Uh, under 100 yards in the next two games, hurt his finger, legit has not been heard from. I did an internet I, – I, I wrote an article that's also coming, like a sister article for this. Uh, go check it out, BrotoFantasy.com and the Fantasy Football by Broto app. But oh. I did like a little internet scour, and every single team has a blogger that says, Will Fuller is someone – five guys that, you know, five guys that teams should take a swing on because it could hit, man. You know, those guys, those bloggers, like – and they, every single one of them has an article about Will Fuller. Every team. But I is mean, there any Will Fuller? Has anyone seen William. Will Fuller? How bad is that broken finger? We still don't know. I mean, maybe he could never catch a football again bad. How, wh- yeah, Tim, you think it's, uh, it's as bad as your finger? Put your finger up to the camera. Oh, no, it's bad. I don't have, I don't have it. Uh, oh, you don't have the wrap. Uh, we'd have, to, put have, a, we'd have to censor it for YouTube. Yeah, we'd yeah. have to censor it from YouTube. TVMA. You might as well yeah. whip out your fucking, you know. No, no, I can't. Yeah, yeah, I can't do it. But I'll show, I'll show you after. Well, what I mean, what I mean, button. what I mean, folks, is that Tim cut off a, a tiny piece of his finger cutting cilantro. Recently. Quite a large piece. And I'm a chef. Yeah. I'm a, but, it was about a quarter inch. I, I, I like the, you know, on the, on the side ish, though. No bone. Thankfully. Yes. But do you know what I'm realizing now that I have my thumb back? Like I do have it just has a little scab on it. Like I have I'm pretty much using my thumb at this point. Um, It was about two weeks ago, two and a half weeks ago. I. It's the exact spot where your thumb hits when you're texting. So my my typos have been even worse. It's like I'm missing a quarter inch from what I used to tap. So I gotta like move my finger up a little bit. And I'm how missing many times a quarter do I have to inch. Drop it. That's what she said in this episode. Hey, <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> um. All right. So anyway, Corey Coleman was a complete bust. We don't gotta talk about him. Uh, Will Fuller. Uh, we just talked about him. Josh Doxson. What a I think tra- I think trash. Well, Josh Doxson, trash. TCU wide receivers that don't accrue over 1.0 yards per offensive play at any point in time throughout their career, trash. There's a couple of them, so watch out. I'm not going to name drop anybody. Because there's another one that's coming out in the draft this year. That Might be. Yeah. You could you could say it, man. Might be. <laughs> you could say it. You could yeah. do it. Quentin, jo- Quentin Johnson's never, Quentin Johnson. never done it, and neither did Jalen Rager, and it's really interesting because all three of those players have over 2.0 yards of receiving per team pass attempt. And that's what everybody in analytically likes to look at. But yeah, that's a, it's a weird, weird trend for TCU wide receivers. It's kind of interesting that a coach doesn't trust first round NFL wide receivers to get more touches than non-drafted running backs. But you know, I just realized TCU is literally the anti-Ohio state. They're like the non-wide receiver. You, (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> everyone is a bust. Everyone. Yeah, everyone all I all mean, high end picks literally are like yeah. Every first round wide receiver from TCU has never worked out. Speaking of high end busts, this guy might be the worst. Pick That's what she said. <laughs> this guy might be the worst pick ever. Round one pick twenty six, Paxton Lynch, quarterback of the. And, I mean, out of Memphis, I'm I feel like it. that was always hit me with the fantasy good. grades because I'm I'm yeah. taking this one after nothing, you. nothing, literally none, never literally no grades. He did not. He only oh. played two seasons. Kind Perfect. Of. Four starts in the NFL. Throw he threw four TDs and four interceptions. Last time we saw Lynch on the field, he was benched by the San Antonio Brahmas of the XFL in week two of the season. So that's what he's doing. John Elway has an obsession with six foot six quarterbacks that can't actually play the position. And Brock I think Osweiler, there's a conspiracy maybe. that we could we could bring up right. in one of the conspiracy episodes where John Elway was just trying to place bad quarterbacks in the starting position in Denver so nobody could ever take his records. Oh, 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 I like that. And why did he like trade that. for Russell Wilson? He knew Russell Wilson was well, close, I mean, bro. eventually, yeah. <laughs> like, nah, he's close, bro. Go get him. Go get him. He's officially, he's officially not even involved with them anymore. Uh, that's what I was going to say. I was by yeah, that time. Uh, he wasn't. But Paxton Lynch, like one of the dynasty perspectives that I want to bring up. Yeah, out of Memphis, small school. Again, we we saw a kind of a miss with a, another small school quarterback. With these quarterbacks that are not drafted in the top 10, you can 
kind of reach to the top 15 specifically depending on how deep the quarterback class is like if there's you know multiples and they kind of just get pushed back one or two pick or you see a string of two or three quarterbacks in a row you have to take a little nuance there but quarterbacks that do not get drafted in the top 10 have zero value insulation in dynasty after the first season if they're drafted in the top 10 doesn't matter what they do like even Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence, who historically had some of the worst rookie seasons that the NFL had ever seen, maintained at least 80% of their startup value from the moment that they entered the NFL. So meaning they were within five or six picks of their original startup value. Mm-hmm. As someone who uh... after that, it's a crapshoot. Like, yes, there's hits that can happen in that first round, like Lamar Jackson's obviously. And then you get Jalen Hurts in the early second. Those guys, you can boost up a little bit more than third, fourth round quarterback. Sure. in your prospect profile, but the value insulation isn't there. What would you put the odds at if Zach Wilson? The, just completely overcomes the odds and becomes a superstar quarterback next season. What are the odds on that in Vegas? I think there's a non-zero chance if, if we're being honest. Like I, Zach Wilson, for all intents and purposes, should have worked out. I agree. I agree. With like, you. Yeah, I think he's still. I, I'm, be, I'm being I completely honest. Yeah. I think I think Aaron Rodgers is going to be a good thing for him. All right, yeah. let's get. He is. Yeah. Sorry. He is. He is young. I wouldn't be surprised if he becomes like a. But I could have said the same thing about Sam Darnold. Like these are historically impressive prospects, but. <sighs> It's difficult, man. It's obviously a position that has more nuance than any other. You can only add so much analytic to it. It's a, it's a lot, a lot of what a quarterback is, is what's between the years. I I think that's why Joe Burrow goes from a guy who had to transfer schools was not really, was not really being talked about to wasn't very good at LSU the first two years either. Yeah, exactly. But well, Zach Wilson wasn't very good in the first two years at BYU either. And then, and then all of a sudden, like, he becomes Joe Burrow and it's because of the whole swag shift that happened uh, in LSU and in the mindset. I I think absolutely. It it comes with being able to persevere through adversity. Like everybody telling Joe Burrow that he couldn't, and he was certainly never considered a first round draft pick. And then to have what is arguably the greatest collegiate quarterback season of all time um, on way to being, you know, the first overall pick. Yeah. In hindsight, a lot of that, yeah, it comes between so, the ears because he certainly didn't show anything about the same with Josh Allen breaking the the mold of being an incredible outlier. It's it's that de- determination and dedication to actually be better than you are now. My man is speaking facts. My man is speaking facts. All right. Speaking of better than you are now, King Henry round two pick 45. This is the last pick we're going to be going over and then we'll we'll hit uh, the, the remainder of the guys. But obviously, Derek Henry average fantasy grade C C plus, but. Look, that's Tim, only you're not, because you're not weighing the the good grades enough. A C plus is a no. I mean, I didn't wait. I didn't wait at all. But I, I will say this: obviously, it's because he had the first two seasons of his career. He didn't start. He was completely splitting time. Yeah, if you um, have issues with the with average, the, with it's because ghost cause of Tim, a shell of Demarco Murray. Like what were they Tim doing? is doing the math for that. Why? What am I supposed to weight it? It's average. Yeah. Average. No, you over. weight it. You take into account the amount of touches. Take into account, you know. The situation, you got to wait. We need a we need a weighted algorithm. Like Derrick Henry clearly has to be at the least. All right, editor. All right, editor. Gets the get started. Disrespectful. Get get to it, editor. Come on. Yeah, I mean he's he's called King Henry. I agree for a reason, bro. For a reason. He's been look. This is why I have blurbs. This is why I have blurbs. All right. Like the only reason Henry's career average is not much higher is because of his slow start to an NFL career, splitting reps with Miss in his first season in the NFL. I mean, but in two thousand eight. I mean, yeah, I do mention perspective too. I kind of understand that if I'm given this, like a, you know, we do the, obviously the true fantasy grade. If I was given it a true dynasty grade, a player like Derrick Henry that got second round draft capital and had the collegiate performance that he did at Alabama. And I wasn't getting production for the first two seasons. I would have been out. I would have sold him 100%. And there's a lot of people who were calling 100%. Yeah, man. I, I remember there was some, I mean, wasn't us, but there were some people talking about like, yeah, do you know they brought in Dion Lewis? So don't you know like? Well, what do you mean? He literally played behind Dion Lewis. That's what I mean. You know, yeah. like people. Yeah, were... no, I Tim was saying that narrative was up, like you know, saying like, look, D- Dion Lewis is better than Derrick Henry. It's like, like oh, we're saying that. <laughs> like people are saying, like people are scared because Dion Lewis is there. You know, it's just like, ay, ay, ay. And, but I mean, listen, since then, when he really started, uh, 2019 to 2022. 
A plus fantasy grades each of those seasons. So I mean, we don't gotta talk much about how King Henry is one of the best to ever do it. And look, he's he's there's got some um, trade rumors. You think he gets traded this this offseason? I think he gets traded personally. I think it makes too much sense. I, I Although, kind of do as well. The, the Jeffrey Simmons Especially contract the Titans does history. change that a little bit though. I don't think I don't think he does just because he's yeah. like he is the Tennessee Titans, you know. They just get they just gave Jeffrey Simmons their defensive tackle a, a, a big contract. So I also think that the Titans in a rebuilding phase, like f- legitimately from a business standpoint, like they, you know, they already the fans already drove the GM out of town. Like I, I don't think that they can get rid of Derrick Henry and expect to put, you know, keep a generation of fans around and happy. Like it's still a business when it comes down to things. There's a reason that players get paid certain contracts. It's not necessarily to win games, but it is to sell tickets. I think in uh, while that is the case, I think that if you're looking at it from a purely football strategy perspective, this is probably going to be the highest. I mean, I don't, I don't think so because you were, you're a contender the last few years, but, it, but I think like his highest value in terms of trade trade value is going to be right now. Like he, there's a chance that he falls off a cliff next year just because of his age and, and the tread in his tires. He's been playing for seven seasons now. I don't think that he completely falls off, but he has been injured two of the last three seasons. There, there's something we said about that. So, you know, if you can well, trade him to like the Bills, like Derrick Henry on the Bills, that's where I wanted Saquon to. <laughs> bro, Derrick Henry on the Bills would be incredible. Yeah, when I mean, yo, there is something snows? to be said about that touch threshold, though, and we we did mention it with with Zeke as well, right? Like, there's only so much tread on the tires, and you usually see it around those multi three hundred carry seasons as soon as that happens and it's it's almost like clockwork with nfl running backs it doesn't it's not even necessarily an age thing it's legitimately like a mileage thing almost and you just start to see the wear and tear break down that's what happens when you put yourself in front of behemoths moving at 30 miles an hour 300 times in 17 weeks yeah yeah that's a pretty good way to sum it up right there uh speaking of summing it up uh, obviously, some big hits at the running back position position in this draft. No hits at the wide receiver position. Eh, quarterback Until... production. But let's get into the rest of the rounds. So I'm going to go through round two through five because there was no one uh, fantasy relevant uh, in six. And no seven. hits. My man hating on Michael Thomas here. Literally like the no, no. greatest rookie season for. I didn't, no, say, I didn't Tim, say no. I didn't say no. Tim, hit. you paused after no hits. He then said. In round six and seven. Oh, yeah, my bad. I, okay. I was <laughs> equally furious. For, I didn't like, say no. Okay. There's giants here. In fact, this is the second draft where... My bad. My look, bad. There, there's some wide, there's some guys here that can be said that to be the best pick, uh, dynasty pick in this draft, even over Zeke or over Derrick Henry. There's something to be said about a couple of these guys. And this is the second draft in a row where you're probably better off drafting guys in your dynasty draft that went in the... in Day second or third, two and three, yeah. No facts, yeah. 100. percent All right, all right, Tim. Stop making the people wait for crying out loud. Oh, here comes a coughing fit, Mr. Sick. (laughs) No, I'm not sick anymore, just lingering. Yeah, I feel you. The lingering cough is one of the worst parts about getting a cold because you feel perfectly fine and then you're coughing. And now, especially like after COVID, everyone looking at you like you're like this yeah. disgusting human. Especially it's allergy season right now. It was. I mean, I'm guilty oh, doing yeah. that. If someone coughs near me, I'm like, yo, no. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I agree. The worst is the worst is when there's like an incredibly sick child playing it with the other children. Like, yo. Keep your kid home for a day or two. This kid's yeah, incredibly yeah. sick. Keep, keep him away from my fucking kid. That kid is essentially a petri dish of death. Yeah, I just got hit by the petri dish of death two weeks ago. All right. With that being said, round two: Hunter Henry, Sterling Shepard, Michael Thomas, and Tyler Boyd. Woo! Matt, talk about Michael Thomas, your boy. Take it away. Uh, obviously, a <coughs> a giant hit here. I mean, yeah, coming from the pipeline of Ohio State, we kind of should have seen it coming. But even the NFL and and many people didn't because of the stacked offenses that they create at that school. It's kind of like, you know, the the Chris Olave effect being a little bit behind Garrett Wilson or the Terry McLaurin effect or, you know, the Jackson Smith and Jigba effect. It's it's when a college offense, there's only one ball to go around. So you get these a little bit lower market shares. But when you're dominating at such a high level 
obviously you should have taken into consideration. And yeah, Michael Thomas had never been anything but a wide receiver one when he stepped onto the field. One of the greatest rookie seasons that a wide receiver has ever had. Top 12 in points per game, continuing it on with three top 10 seasons to the great one of the greatest wide receiver one seasons of all time breaking the reception record i mean that's arguably the best wide receiver pick except that there's another guy a little bit later that's still doing it i mean the guy you're talking about later might be the best pick of this draft uh but let's not get yeah. to him yet let's go to round three Kenyon drake michael's guy uh Kenyon, according to michael uh tight end austin huber and quarterback jacoby Brissett. So, eh, Austin Hooper had, a, had some pretty good years with the Falcons. Hey, Jacoby Brissett was better than Deshaun Watson last year, so. Austin Hooper had a phenomenal rookie tight end season, by the way. For, like, rookie and, tight ends. And sophomore real good. season. Yeah, yeah. He should have just stayed Hooper in Atlanta. was kind of legit. He should have yeah. stayed in Atlanta. All downhill from there. <laughs> well, they have uh, Kyle Pitts there now who, uh, hey, Kyle, you going to do anything? Uh, round hey, four. Maybe maybe Kyle Pitts is the tight end version of Derrick Henry. You know, first two seasons it's like, oh come on. Except Derrick Henry definitely dropped way more in value than Kyle Pitts. Kyle Pitts has done For sure. minimal has had minimal production entering super his third insulated. year, and people are drafting him in the first round in tight end premium league still. Yep, super. Like, I legit see him going like the first round and in, in oh FFPC people will trade Bijan for him straight leagues. up. Yeah, it's crazy. People trade Bijan for him straight up for sure. That'll I don't. Be I don't have the balls. I don't have the balls for that. No way. No way. <laughs> All right, um, let's get into round four. Tyler Higby and Dak Prescott. I think the phenomenal pick. In my in my opinion, the jewel of this draft. Uh, I mean, when you find the franchise quarterback in the fourth round, that's the jewel of the draft. Zeke and Dak in this draft is an incredible draft for the Cowboys. That obviously set their franchise for the next one of their yeah one of the best drafts in their history until present something. Yeah. Uh. So yeah, Matt, you uh, you want to talk a little about Dak? I mean, especially when you're talking super flex leagues and obviously dynasty is primarily viewed through through a super flex lens. It gives you a little bit more depth and a little bit more nuance, whereas one QB dynasty leagues like QBs really don't hold any value unless they're top three. Um, So that's why you play super flex. But that said, like Dak Prescott would have been a second, maybe third um, round pick in rookie drafts in his startups. And he was obviously sitting behind and wasn't really expected to do anything. I think he had a really great senior year. Obviously that pushed up his draft capital into the realm of getting selected in the NFL at all. But when you have a quarterback that late and you can hit on something like that, even in like specifically dynasty drafts, that's why once you're past the first round guys like Will Levis, obviously hold a little bit more risk because you have to spend a top 10 pick on them. But once you're past the second round, I've got no issue drafting guys like Hendon hooker and whoever you name it. If they have, if they get selected by an NFL team like the Brock Purdy's of the world, I've got no issue immediately after the second because the payoff, the simple payoff for that investment is so much more than even a running back that hits in the second round. It obviously has nuance to depending on how deep the class is. Sometimes you have guys that are first round talents slipping to the second round just because it's a really deep offensive class. That was fire. That was fire, guys. Uh, Michael, what about you? Come on, man. Dak. Because Dak. I think it. Yeah, no, I think the. The anti-Dak hive out there for some reason. Dak Prescott gets a shit ton of hate, and people think he's like this insane not pick. Actually, good um, NFL quarterback just absolutely blows my mind. Literally, thirty NFL teams would probably take Dak Prescott in a heartbeat. So uh, Bills and Chiefs wouldn't, and I think you're probably right. Yeah, maybe the, the Eagles because they the hate Eagles him so much, <laughs> and and Jalen Hurts, but like. A lot of teams will happily take. Oh, yeah, Dak I mean, there's there's like, an obvious as few they that would, but legitimately, yeah, it's there's nobody that wouldn't. And it's contract specific too. There's nobody that wouldn't yeah. accrue that contract. I feel like it's funny because Dak, Dak has a lot of Tony Romo in him. You know, he hasn't been able to win the big game, but he he puts up the incredible stats, and he's obviously a franchise quarterback, and he's obviously elite at times, but he's a little turnover pro at times. It's like the the Cowboys went from Tony Romo to Tony Romo. Cowboys' biggest incompetence is always and always will be their coaching. It's like they haven't gotten it right since Tom Landry. Think about the Cowboys, too. Like, now that I mention it, in, in terms of their coaching, they haven't gotten it right. But in terms of drafting quarterbacks late, Tony Romo was an undrafted free agent who was a starter. For Cowboys him. are some of the best drafters in NFL history. Just oh, yeah. Period. Just that's what I, yeah. That's At what every position. Good. That's genuinely true. Um, let's get into, so I'm going to do this. I'm going to go backwards. I'm going to go with the undrafted and then I'm going to go round five because we'll end it off at round five. Undrafted was JD McKissick chosen Robbie Anderson and, uh, Peyton Barber. 
their running back. So those are those are guys who have had some success in the NFL. JD's had a really solid NFL career and it's kind of you know, at his peak was a, a PPR cheat code for your flex spot for a bit. So I think that's I mean, a yeah. phenomenal pickup. Yeah, shout out JD McKissick. He always is. Yeah. It's just that he's hurt all the time because he's so small. Well, um, as of late, yeah. Uh, and in round five, two big hits, one more long-term, one short-term. Running back Jordan Howard for the Bears, uh, putting together some good fantasy seasons. And wide receiver, the jewel of the draft in the fifth round, Tyreek Hill, who is still. Yeah, that's probably the best pick of the whole draft. Yeah, who is still tearing? I, I would say Dak Prescott in the fourth round is the best pick, but wide receiver, but but Tyreek Hill, very, very, very. Uh, like I think it is a, like just generally, you know, QB is more important. But if you were a team like who had Patrick Mahomes, who obviously didn't need to draft Dak Prescott, they drafted Tyreek Hill instead. Tyreek Hill is definitely the best pick in the draft. All right, Michael, talk more about it, bro. I mean, Tyreek Hill's a monster. What what else do we need to say about Tyreek Hill? Um, this guy went to Miami away from. Patrick Mahomes and had an even better year well, from getting passes from Tua and whoever the backups, Bryson Hopkins and whoever else was throwing the ball. Skylar Thompson. Skylar Thompson. Yeah, Skylar Thompson, not Bryson Hopkins. I'm thinking. And uh, Teddy for, I think it was two plays. Teddy, two clubs for Teddy like, got concussed. Yeah. And, like, what? what yeah, I mean, oh. there's not much to say about Terry Kill. He's, he's, he's no, a Hall I mean, of Famer, too consistent top of, of true target value as well. So it wasn't just a product of Mahomes. Obviously Mahomes is going to boost the true target value of every single receiver he throws to, but Tyree kill consistently being at the top while he was producing wide receiver numbers should have told us that it was more of a product of the player than the players around him specifically. And obviously going to Miami. And that's kind of why I was leaning for him to be one of the better picks from a fantasy perspective, specifically when I said the best pick of the draft is you have a guy that is now turning 29 and is still putting up wide receiver one numbers at the on a different team at the back end of his career and has given you seven wide receiver one seasons like that is everything you want in a dynasty wide receiver he's extended two different win now windows for every manager that's held on to him if you're talking about his career longevity right like he's produced two three-year windows for managers where you can move pieces around him to win your championship and you don't get that from anyone I mean, if you drafted Tyree Kill that one year where you got him on super discount because he was suspended the first two games, you probably won the championship that year. Uh, by the way, Tyree Kill, uh, six straight seasons of at least an A minus fantasy grade, and four of those were A plus years. Tyree Kill <laughs> was one of I'm my biggest. <laughs> was one of my biggest hits on the uh, on the waiver wire for the patrons that year. Before he was when he was still zero percent rostered in Yahoo, I saw him make a couple big plays. I was like, this, this guy's nasty. I told him to pick him up. Yeah. And he started blowing up. Patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. Well, yeah. Great segue there, Michael. Also, this article will be available on the website uh, soon. Uh, very, very soon. And yeah, uh, Matt, where can they find you? You can find me at PsychWardFF and cooking up all this great content for Broto Fantasy at Broto Fantasy FF. Or wait, did I mess that up? It's not at FF. At Broto Fantasy. No, FF. And he like, whisper, I like, he like whispered the FF to at Broto Fantasy FF. Yeah, because I, I forgot. Faded away. Faded away into. Oh, no. Oh, no. 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 At BrotoFantasy.com. Into my thing. I'm being distracted. Yeah, Michael, where can they find you? Yeah, if you're watching on YouTube, you could read the little little thing, the little ledger we have here. Otherwise, at Broto FF Mike. I will say historically, way more people listening than watching. So we we have to keep that in mind, even though we're watching. Correct. We're new to YouTube, so go check us out if you haven't seen us on YouTube yet. Uh, YouTube.com slash like, fantasy. subscribe, download, yeah. click that oh. bell for notifications to get all of it up. Up to minute. Matt is having like <laughs> Matt is short like circuiting. He's in a he's in a simulation. I know my my promo brain is not know, as good as yours. Yeah, Tim, so we're like, we're what, supposed what to be here. <laughs> We're supposed to be done recording by this time, okay? It's all your fault. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, at Brodo FF Tim, at Brodo FF Jason, at Brodo FF Casanova, uh, at FF by Brodo for the app. Uh, at that's the one. Um, yes, that's the one. At Brodo Fantasy. Uh, yeah, I don't know what's going on with Twitter, to be honest. Uh, I don't know how long Twitter is going to be our primary source of uh, information, but go check us out on Follow Instagram. Follow us there and, and give yeah. us some chat. Well, Tim, Tim's going all Elon Musk on us right now. No, it's just that they're they're at. I mean, on, he does kind of make a good point. On the fifteenth, they're gonna like. They're gonna but, change the whole thing. You know, Are they? You pop in my I, DMs. I and I'll, I'll hit you up with some fantasy knowledge. I haven't peak keeping up with any of that Elon Musk yeah. bullshit Broto, with Twitter. Brotofantasy.com. 
That's that's yeah, that's, the that's where it's at. Uh, yeah, with or that the app. Said, yeah. Uh, if I had, if you, if, all right, guys. Now, there's one more question I have to ask before we leave, and this is the most important question of them all. True. If you had to no, never eat one of these things ever again, okay, which one would it be? Never eat it again. Never okay. eat it again. Okay. Meat. Oh. All meats. Okay. Well, I'm chocolate. That. I mean, I'm pretty sure chocolate. Okay. All chocolate. Mean, all chocolate. All chocolate. Okay. And then finally, garlic. Matt, am I bugging or are you like vegan? Or no, I'm not vegan. That is what not even close to. <laughs> or have you? No, have you? Or have you like? Have you done oh, a vegan stretch? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there you, you go, go, Mike. Yeah, okay, I so did for a long guy. time because of Roy Choi. Yeah. Roy Choi. Yeah. Tim, obviously the answer famous is famous Korean meat. chef, and you. Yeah, the answer, the, the answer is said, obviously yeah. The answer I is need meat. garlic. The answer is it's a joke, Tim. The answer is garlic. I love garlic, but whatever. <laughs> now nah, you need the answer is garlic. The answer is garlic. The answer is chocolate. Chocolate is the answer. This is coming from a guy who doesn't like chocolate. Listen, as a guy who doesn't live life eating chocolate, tell me. Let's be real. I do. I do eat garlic. Yeah, I could do it without chocolate. I could do it without chocolate. I eat garlic a lot more often than chocolate. (laughs) Tim didn't even. Oh man, the recording. Tim didn't end the recording. He just (laughs) xed out Streamyard people. All right, see you guys next week. (laughs) 